When reading through the four Gospels, one is immediately confronted with a difficult problem. Why are Israel and its leaders unable to grasp fully Jesus' identity and mission? Jesus himself claims that he is the climax of Israel's history and that the entire Old Testament anticipates his arrival. Yet why is he not welcomed with open arms? Are not the Jewish leaders, the Old Testament scholars of their day, steeled in their resolve to quell Jesus' mission to restore Israel? One of Jesus' core teachings concerns the establishment of God's eternal kingdom on the earth, which will take place through his ministry, but Israel, by and large, rejects Jesus' kingdom message. When Jesus hangs on the cross, the disciples flee for their lives. When the women report to the disciples that Jesus has been raised from the dead, the disciples are reticent to believe. Yet how can the Apostle Paul state in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day, according to the Scriptures. If the crucifixion and the resurrection were predicted in the Old Testament, then why were the disciples slow to believe? Jesus Himself predicted His death and resurrection on several occasions. It appears, then, that even though the Old Testament anticipates Jesus and His ministry, there is some aspect of unexpectedness or newness to Jesus' identity and mission, which some would say cannot be found at all in the Old Testament. Another poignant example is Jesus' interaction with the two men on the way to Emmaus. Jesus castigates them for being slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Luke chapter 24, verse 25. Surprisingly, Jesus then goes on to demonstrate to them that the whole Old Testament ultimately points to him. A similar event occurs in John's Gospel in the midst of Jesus' interactions with the Jewish leaders. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. John 5, 39-40 Jesus' words cut deeply as they expose his method of interpreting the Old Testament. The person of Jesus unlocks the ultimate meaning of the entire Old Testament. Simply put, the Jewish leaders failed to interpret the Old Testament correctly, but we must ask why. Were they not the biblical scholars of their day? The same can be said for how the Old Testament is used in the New Testament. On a number of occasions, New Testament authors cite the Old Testament in creative ways, ways that seemingly have little to do with the original intent of the Old Testament authors. An often cited example of this is found in Ephesians 5, 31-32, where the writer cites Genesis 2, verse 24, and applies it to Christ and the Church. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. By all appearances, the union between Adam and Eve is viewed as ultimately pointing to Christ and the church. Christ, the author believes, is really there in the original context in Genesis 2, 24. Is there not a new layer of meaning in the Genesis text that was not in the mind of the Old Testament author, but was in the mind of the New Testament author? Do New Testament writers read in new ideas to the Old Testament texts that they cite? And if so, how can we consider there to be a consistent unity to the whole Bible?